I'm Laurie Cardoza-Moore, and this is Focus on Israel. Hello and thank you for joining me today on Focus on Israel. I'm Lori Cardoza-Moore, and like most Americans, I began to ask a lot of questions about what happened to our country following 9-11. As I read and talked to experts, the issues of radical Islam and the attacks on America and Israel became extremely personal to me. In response, I founded Proclaiming Justice to the Nations a nonprofit organization dedicated to educating and sharing the message of Christian biblical responsibility to the people and land of Israel against the rise of a new anti-Semitism. In this series, Focus on Israel, I want to share with you what I've learned through my research and meetings with experts in their respective fields. I believe that it is so very important that at this critical time in history, we must turn our focus on Israel. Today we're going to be exploring a controversy that seems to have no resolution, peace in the Middle East. International pressure on Israel to give in to the two-state solution continues to rise, and at the same time, Israeli and U.S. relationships are at their lowest level in years. Over the past three decades, there has been more than a half dozen peace initiatives between the Palestinians and Israel, but none has resulted in peace as the divisions appear to defy human ability to solve. I recently had the opportunity to speak with Dr. Shmuel Katz, a surgeon and Middle East historian. He examines the reality and the fantasy of Israel's search for peace. To talk about realism in the Middle East is like speaking about a dream, and I don't know if it's a good dream, a bad dream, or anything else, but you always hope for peace. You always hope for a better future for the people. And looking around the neighborhood in our days, it's getting more and more complicated. Therefore, good people cannot give up. Uh, you have to continue hoping, you have to continue dreaming, you have to continue working for peace, and again, to benefit everybody the society in Israel, the society in the Arab street, and everywhere else in the free world because they're all interconnected. If we are talking about a real peace with the Palestinians, and the Palestinians have become a real productive and a society which are looking forward to a better future for the children and grandchildren, their interest is going to be to keep out evil. And their interest is going to be to work closely with Israel. Because Israel has a dream of a better future for everybody, Jews and Gentiles alike. And at that moment, if you have a good peace with the Arab Palestinians, then you'll be able to build a future together and stand together against evil. Naturally, Israel will have to make sure that these tendencies and these hopes and these aspirations remain 
and therefore there should be some military cooperation. Israel should have uh, the ability to make sure that these aspirations are really lasting for a long time. Israel by itself will not be able to stop all forces of evil around the world. If you mean stopping a force of evil to invade this territory, it has to be, I would say, even a global effort. Because Israel is a tiny country built in their, its ancestral homeland. Uh, Israel was the original Palestinian people. The Arab Palestinians and the Christians joined later on. The Arabs are trying to take it over. They want to use the term Palestinians as only Arab and no Jewish or Christian connections to that entity. And unless you see a real change in the education in the street, not only in Israel, not only in the Palestinian Authority, which represents the Arab Palestinians, but it has to be also in the Arab states in the neighborhood and beyond. Today you have major threat to peace in the region, not only from the neighboring countries to Israel, but to countries which are further out. Look at Iran, for instance. Turkey is unstable. Egypt, I don't know what's going to happen to them. Iraq, the killing Christians, Jews, whoever is left there without blinking an eye. So we really, if you want to make sure that evil doesn't prevail, we have to make sure that the good people speak up and they cannot speak up unless they're informed. Once they're informed and they know what they're facing, they'll be able to be more effective in whatever they do. And if you want to tell me that uh, the problem there is land for peace, I have news for you. It's not a question of land, it's a question of peace. And as it is today, it seems that uh, the neighbors of Israel are not aspiring for peace especially the radical movements, uh, the radical Muslims, who have this dream of uh, international and global caliphate, want to liquidate all the non-believer in stages. They start with Israel, and then they continue all over the world to undermine free society as we know it. They'll undermine the Christian communities, wherever they can find them. And they'll try to establish their presence. And I don't have to give you too many examples when you look at the terror that they're running all over the world. United States, it's England, it's France, it's Spain. So this, it's an endless problem that has to be really thought seriously after to make sure that uh, we don't relinquish land to people who just want to undermine us and to cause trouble. And uh, therefore, if you want to evacuate any land, it's a major problem because you don't know who is going to fill in this space. Israel tried it at least twice. Once, it, the disengagement from southern Lebanon. Israel moved all its troops out of the separation zone to make sure that everybody is going to be happy. Israel went back to the internationally recognized border with Lebanon. And even the UN recognized that this is the right thing to do and this is a border that nobody disputes. There was a promise that uh, this area will not be used as a staging area to attack Israel. There was a move even to put in the UN to verify and to secure that border. But what did we get? We got exactly the opposite. Hezbollah became stronger. 
Iran was supporting them with rockets, with a variety of uh, armaments, which caused havoc and destruction in Israel. Millions of people were under their fire and leaving territories without filling it with a valuable alternative is not an option. A second opportunity Israel had is to leave the Gaza Strip, even though it was part of the Israeli ancestral land. Israel has historical connection to the region. But they decided in Israel that in order to promote peace, let's see what they can do by removing everybody out of Gaza. They removed even the cemeteries from Gaza, so no Jewish dead bodies were left in Gaza. What did Israel get instead? They got rockets, and they got declaration of war, and they got only headaches. The principle of land for peace agreements is practically a fantasy. And once we solve the land issue, there's going to be peace. We have to work the other way around. We have to make sure that we have peace in the communities, that the people are peaceful, and then the land will not matter anymore. Because if you have a good neighbor who takes care of their own people, where the border lines is totally secondary, the Arab countries in that neighborhood control huge, vast territories of land. Israel is only a tiny country which is situated over one eight hundredth of this territory. The countries around Israel built their own countries also in only recent years. But the appetite is big and the dreams are out of control. They see Israel not as a neighbor, but they see Israel as an intrusion to their territory, even though it belonged to the Jewish people way before any Arab-Palestinian or Arab at all was in the neighborhood. But they want to see their own dreams and aspirations realized, especially the radical Muslims. They are believing in a caliphate, in a world which is ruled by their own Sharia law. Israel is an obstacle for that because Israel is a modern, open society which would not go for that. And if they manage to liquidate Israel, then they have another feather in their hat. And they say, great, we eliminated one group of infidels, now we have to go and take care of the rest. And therefore, I don't think that the problem there is a problem of land for peace. The problem is ideology, which is radical Islamic ideology against everybody else. And there, the international community should be able to see the reality and make sure that the radicals don't prevail. If you recall history, the Muslim Brotherhood has their own agenda. And the agenda did not change. The agenda of Hamas did not change. The agenda of Iran did not change. The ways that they want to get over the current situation might be governed by certain diplomacy. It goes exactly in line with the philosophy of Muhammad, the way he was treating the tribe of the Quraysh in Medina. His teaching at the time were that you are allowed to deceive your enemy in order to gain enough power to the point that once you have enough power, you can run them over. And this is what Muhammad did to the Quraysh. 
he destroyed the tribe once uh, Muhammad gained enough power. This was also one of the favorite excuses of uh, Arafat when he had to explain to his people why he's negotiating with Israel. He said, don't worry, I'm dealing with the treaties of uh, our prophet, which means I'm negotiating with the Israelis until we gain enough power and then we'll run them over. You just learned a portion of the truth about the world's most volatile region, the world's most demonized country, and the 2,000-year hatred of a people that have survived despite the odds. From studying history, it's very clear that what starts with the Jews never ends only with the Jews. We must strongly stand against any anti-Semitic trends, for if not stopped, they'll cause harm to all of us, and we'll witness the downfall of our Judeo-Christian Western culture. Today, many people say there's no longer a need for a Jewish state, that Jews around the world no longer need a place of refuge. But anyone who has heard recent statistics about the worldwide rise in anti-Semitism would never make such a claim. The reality is that neo-Nazi groups and Nazi sympathizers are increasing around the world. Surveys show that over one billion people in the world harbor anti-Semitic attitudes. Close to 50% believe that Jews have too much power in the business world, and two-thirds of the world's population has never heard of the Holocaust, or believe the historic accounts of it are inaccurate. If there's one thing history has taught the Jewish people, a place they can go in time of need is essential, and Israel fulfills that role. But the need for a Jewish state is not limited to being only a refuge for Jews. Jewish tradition in Israel grants full rights for women and people of all races, faiths, and gender. This tradition is what often makes Israel among the first countries to send doctors and field hospitals to any place where a natural disaster occurs, utilizing their medical advances to save lives worldwide. Muslims, Christians, and people of every faith or those of no faith have the freedom to worship or not worship as they choose. For Muslims, the Jewish state goes out of its way to provide this freedom. For example, every Israeli university gives students the option of deferring their exams during the month of Ramadan. The Knesset calls off all sessions at sunset during Ramadan to ensure that Muslim Knesset members can break their fasts with the traditional iftar dinner. In an open and democratic manner, opportunities for education, advancement, and careers exist for all citizens in the Jewish state. Sadly, such rights and opportunities do not exist in any of the Muslim Arab states. For example, in neighboring Jordan, Jews cannot become citizens. And in Saudi Arabia, no non-Muslim can become a citizen. Saying that Israel must cease to exist as a Jewish state while accepting that other countries define themselves as Muslim is pure hypocrisy. In most of these countries, no rights exist for non-Muslims, women, and the LGBT community. Don't let yourself be manipulated by evil people with a wicked agenda. When the self-serving villains are in control, good people from all religions suffer. Muslims, Christians, and all people of conscience should stand proudly and show respect for a country that gives so much to the world in so many ways. Do your part, do your research, 
and do what you can to make a difference. Because what happens in Israel does affect us all. This is not just a Jewish or just an Israeli problem. This is a problem for all humanity, for each and every one of us who believe in freedom and human rights. Learn more about what you can do at pjtn.org. Next, we'll be hearing from two men who know Middle East politics extensively. First up is Richard Pearl, a renowned political advisor, consultant, and writer who began his career in the 1970s as a senior staff member to Senator Scoop Jackson on the Senate Armed Services Committee. Later, he was heavily involved with the Reagan administration and served as the Assistant Secretary of Defense from 1987 to 2004. He is presently a member of several think tanks, including the Hudson Institute. Next is David Horowitz, a conservative writer, founder, and current president of the think tank, the David Horowitz Freedom Center, and editor of Front Page Magazine. He recently founded the organization Students for Academic Freedom, whose goal is combating what it calls the leftist indoctrination in academia. Both of these leaders offer tremendous insight into the mystery of the elusive peace in the Middle East. Israel's uh, uh, creation was the product of a chain of events, the Balfour Declaration being one of them, uh, the approval by the United Nations um, being another, um, that settles the question. There is no issue about Israel's legitimate statehood. Um, there are questions about whether territory that Israel is now occupying uh, is properly being occupied. And that there's a, a, a debate on that and, and people can differ. Uh, at least two UN resolutions bear on that. Uh, long forgotten, although they used to be cited all the time, UN resolutions 224 and 338 which taken together uh, basically reflect the concept that Israel is entitled to retain territory until there is a peace. Because the territory was used uh, as a launching point and international law on this is pretty clear. If territory is used by one country to attack another or by a group to attack another, the attacked party has the right to hold on to that territory until there is a peace agreement. And there is now no peace agreement uh, um, with, uh, with the Palestinians. There is one with Egypt, and Egypt received back all of its territory, um, which is the model. Um, so I, I believe that uh, legally Israel has every right uh, to continue its occupation until such time as there is an agreement and a peace agreement. And let me add that I think Israelis uh, overwhelmingly are eager for a peace agreement. They just want to be sure that it's not going to be a step on the way to their destruction, which seems to be the prevailing view of many of the people that are now opposing them. I don't believe there will be a settlement of any kind, of any lasting kind, until the Palestinians are prepared to accept the existence of the State of Israel not uh, with a view eventually to destroying it, 
but saying, all right, we have our state, they have theirs. The task now is for us to find ways to, to go beyond the formal recognition of each other to uh, a, a genuinely productive uh, collaboration. And Israel has a great deal to contribute. I believe that the current administration, and I, I think the Israelis should be doing the same, uh, should be repeating until people are sick of hearing it, the inadmissibility of the, um, the, the fundamental in, inducement of hatred among Palestinians. I mean, I, I don't know if you've seen uh, some of the film taken in kindergarten classes, Palestinian kindergarten classes, in which six-year-olds are marching around with suicide, toy suicide vests. The fact that you can buy a toy suicide vest in, in a market in, uh, in Hebron is a disgrace. And this propagation of hatred, which can only lead to terrible things, goes on every day. And there's hardly any protest about it. And if, if I wanted to really advance toward peace and I were the President of the United States, I would give a public speech which I, I would cite some of these examples uh, and say this is unacceptable. And we, the United States, uh, much as we would like to encourage a peace between Israel and the Palestinians, will not lift another finger to do that until this propagation of hatred ceases. If you stand up and say, here is a film clip uh, of an event at which the, the Palestinian leader is uh, asking Allah to praise someone who, who uh, set off a bomb in a school bus and killed 11 Israeli children. Here is what is being taught in, uh, in kindergarten. Here is a broadcast of the evening news, Palestinian television. Notice the map behind the presenter. There's no Israel on that map. Uh, this adds up to uh, impossible conditions for any serious movement toward peace. And if the whole world starts looking at it that way, it could make a difference. I mean, you have a lot of very naive people in, in countries uh, like Norway. They haven't a clue in Norway as they write checks for the Palestinians and, and support organizations that propagate hatred against Israel. They haven't a clue what they're doing. So somebody needs to make that uh, um, the, the top of the agenda. And uh, it's basically only the president who could do it. Although I think the Israelis um, could, by saying we will not negotiate further until this problem is addressed, uh, could probably put this issue front and center, which is where it should be. The essence of this conflict is the acceptance by the Palestinians of a Jewish state. The settlements are uh, a minor issue blown out of all proportion. As long as we keep saying the settlements are the issue and never mentioning the campaign of hatred, um, it's not surprising that the Palestinians say this, the settlements are the issue and continue the campaign of hatred. The war in the Middle East is not about uh, land. The whole Palestinian case is a, is a monster lie. Um, there isn't an inch of Israel on Arab land. It was, all, it was all controlled, owned, 
lock, stock, and barrel by the Turks, who aren't Arabs, for 400 years. And they lost the First World War. And uh, five countries were created out of the ruins of the Turkish Empire, um, which is Iraq, Lebanon, uh, Jordan, Syria, and Israel. And, uh, you know, nobody's accusing the Syrians or the Lebanese or the Jordanians of stealing the land, only the Jews. So, but, you know, the New York Times goes along with these lies, the whole liberal media. Um, and, you know, the Israelis have, have done their part there by talking about a peace process. How can you have a peace process with people who want to exterminate you? You can't. The Middle East, it's, it's a holy war. It used to be an Arab war against, because the Arabs are xenophobic racists against the Jews. You can have a non-Arab people. Well, the, the Persians aren't Arabs, but not a new non-Arab people. And then uh, it became a Muslim war. And now it's a Muslim holy war. The Jews have to be uh, driven into the sea because they're not Muslims. And the Christians, too. Christian communities in the Middle East are dying or they're being killed, is more accurate. The time to stand up is now. Be a leader in your community and in your church. One person can make a difference. Get involved and support pro-Israel organizations such as PJTN. Visit our website to learn more. Sign up to receive free newsletters, action alerts, daily blogs, and order our films to share with others. Please encourage your family and friends to tune in and check the PJTN website for scheduled showings of Focus on Israel. God bless you and thank you for all you do on behalf of our Jewish brethren and all Israel. We'll see you next time on Focus on Israel. Focus on Israel is now available on DVD. Each program DVD contains a wealth of bonus materials, including the premier program that started it all, Focus on Israel, program number one. Also, bonus interview cuts with experts in their respective fields. Informational videos from PJTN documentaries, including Israel Indivisible, the case for the ancient homeland. Lest we forget 9-11 and the rise of Islam. The Forgotten People, Christianity and the Holocaust. Disinformation, the secret strategy to destroy the West. Plus the award-winning music video, The Forgotten People. Focus on Israel program DVDs, great educational tools to combat anti-Semitism. Arm yourself and order today. Please go online to pjtn.org. To order, just click on the store tab. To support this program, send your tax-deductible gift to Proclaiming Justice to the Nations, P.O. Box 682711, Franklin, Tennessee, 37068. You can also support PJTN online. Visit pjtn.org or call 1-877-873-9020. Anti-Semitism has reached epic proportions, and Israel is now surrounded by nations who seek its destruction. For Israel to lose just one battle would mean losing everything. As Christians, it is our biblical responsibility to stand with our Jewish brethren and Israel. PJTN needs your help to reach more Christians with this urgent message. Please visit our website to become a member today 
and order our award-winning documentaries. You must decide that you won't be silent. Sign up now at pjtn.org. God bless you and thank you for your support and prayers.